This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to episode nine of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Unfortunately, we are unable to be joined by Jamie, who is currently uh, sick at the moment after eating a few bad prawns. Uh, but I am joined by Robert Boyce. How are you doing, Boyce? Are you right? How's it going, mate? You good? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. And today's special guest is Sydney Bevan. How are you doing, Sydney? You okay? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Surviving lockdown, but yeah, doing well, doing well. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. Right, so we're going to jump straight in. We're going to go over the weekend's result against Crew, uh, one all against the uh, Inform team. I thought it was a quite a positive result, and it's actually quite nice to actually be positive about Wimbledon at the moment because the last few weeks have been a bit of a chore. Uh, but yeah, this week's result was a, a good result for us, I believe. What do you think? Are you feeling okay, Lee? Feeling positive after last week's? podcast where you had a moan for a solid hour mate we said we'll be honest if if it's if there's something to moan about and there's something to whinge about and there's something to get on the club's back about we would do it and unfortunately losing three nil and four nil in consecutive week is not exactly you can't be positive about that can you you know what you know what i think it's been a positive week for wimbledon because not only did we get a one-all draw with crew i think the message which went out from joe palmer was good to keep the forms the fans informed with what's going on maybe managed expectations by mentioning that we have a relegation budget as we picked up a good point against crew in form uh, we stopped the rot there after back-to-back losses um and we could have probably could have probably nicked it if i'm honest with you looking at the I didn't watch the whole game. I watched the highlights and caught the last 15, 20 minutes. But, um, you know, Shea Alexandra hit the bar. Rudy at the end, I saw he had a three on two and just didn't make the right pass. And we've had a couple of new signings for the, through the door as well. So maybe that might lift the spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I, I think there were so many positives to take out of that game. And touching on what Boise said about Joe Palmer's message, I think it was definitely needed at that moment in time to bridge the gap that had evolved between the fans and the club. Um, so, yeah, that was that was definitely worth mentioning. But, yeah, there were so many positives to take out of that game. Um, I was disappointed we couldn't nick the full three points, but 
as you say, Shea Alexander and Longman were both men of the match for me. Like they both had a really good game between them. And obviously Piggott got himself into the Sky Bet League One team of the week after his goal after 70 seconds. So yeah, there were so many uh, positives, which I'm, yep. I'm glad I'm, I've come on this episode because <laughs> I don't like bitching uh, <laughs> too much about the team. But yeah, it was a, uh, it was definitely good, good watch. Yeah, I think you're right there, Sydney. I think that, you know, Piggott back on the score sheet was a major plus after, you know, I think he, you know, hasn't really scored in the last few weeks. And on top of that, I was quite happy to see, I think Che Alexander might have won man of the match. He's definitely one of our better performances in that game. And I think, you know, him stepping up is what we need right now. We need some other players in the squad to step up, especially with injuries and, you know, a few, few players out of form and whatnot. We need people like him to really come in and, you know, give that competitive edge to the rest of the squad. Yeah, I agree with what you both said about Joe Palmer's message. And uh, as a podcast, I don't want to take full credit, but it was just quite strange <laughs> how we had a proper moment about the comms and stuff like that. And then a day after, uh, Joe Palmer's on the official site sending out a message, which, again, is good. It's needed uh, and we need to be kept in for. I, I understand it's such a tough job at the moment, Uh Probably Wimbledon's probably one of the toughest jobs to be CEO of because, you know, with Plough Lane, it, meant, it means so much and no money and stuff like that. We ain't one of the biggest budgets, so it was good. But, yeah, going back to the crew game, I just thought we played so well. Like I've said before, and I've, people have noticed, I, if we you lose to a better team, you can take that on the chin. If they're better than you all over the park, it's just one of them things. But lately, we haven't been given what I think is 100%, or it don't look like we've been given 100%. But against Crew, from first minute to the 90th minute, every one of them boys put a shift in. Uh, Shea Alexander was brilliant. And I, I've, I've said all along, with him and Luke O'Neill, shame Luke O'Neill's now got injured. But his crossing ability, is, again, it's a gutting, gone over injuries last week, but Palmer's injured. His crosses in the box last week would have suited Palmer. Uh, and it was a shame. But yeah, some of the players really stepped up and it was good to see that they were giving everything to try and get three points. And again, Crew... I, I'm bringing up some stats now. We had 14 shots and on target away from home, which ain't bad against a, a very good informed crew team. I think they were the fourth best team in the country when we played them. So can't argue that. I think you make a good point there, uh, Lee, about Luke O'Neill being out and his crossing. I think that's why I was pleased to see Che Alexander step up and provide the assist for Piggott for the first goal. Um, I mean, you could maybe say it was a keeper error coming out. Maybe he should have got a punch on that, but still it was a good delivery put in the right area. Um, so yeah, I think that's what that's like I said, that is one positive that we've we take away from that game. Yeah, I mean when when Shea Alexander hit the crossbar just before that, he did another exceptional cross, uh, which it was just unlucky no one got on the end of. Um, but yeah, I don't know what he's been doing differently, but maybe it's just me. But since he's been in the team, I haven't really noticed him much, and that could just be me just completely overlooking. Um him in the team but yeah it just felt like he he was a bit more up front in that game and uh, we knew about his his sort of crossing technique uh when we first when he first signed for us so yeah I think he did something different in that game which which really helped us but yeah it was uh it was brilliant to watch 
I think following on from Sydney's point, I think maybe what helped was keeping the same lineup, which, you know, a lot of fans are unhappy that we went for the same lineup, which lost to Portsmouth and the same formation. But <laughs> you're, you're, having a, you're, having a, you're having a dig at me then, mate. <laughs> a few, you and a few fans on social media. But at the end of the day, if we keep chopping, you know, against London, we played a different formation and, you know, we haven't had a settled back line. You know, we keep chopping and changing the team. Maybe this is what we need now. We need a settled, settled squad, settled, you know, formation. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that rhythm and that run of form, are you? If you're in the squad one minute and out the next. Um, so you're yeah, probably... oh, yeah. I think again, you're right. I, I, I do like a settled team. The problem you have got is when you get beat three 0 four 0 you 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 expect change. Uh, I just, with regards to crew as well, you have got to look at they've lost a couple of big players at the moment. So it's probably the right play, right time for us to play them. They'd lost their captain during the week. Their striker was out. Uh, so a team like them who attack as well down the wings, it gave us some some room to get behind them where Shea and uh, Nesta really got behind them. And then I said, I think we were missing a Palmer in, in the box to get them balls in. Pig, Pig's goal was brilliant. It was a great header. Uh, but yeah, I think we played crew at the best time uh, because they had lost a good two or three players, I believe. Uh, their captain being their best player by country mile this season uh, and he's just gone I, I agree with you that we did miss a Palmer and a lot of people go on about a plan B why don't we change formation sometimes just bringing on Palmer can be that plan B you know be a, on that boggy pitch because um, like I said I caught the last 20 minutes it looked quite boggy with the stone and whatnot you know being able to play it into him hold up the ball and whatnot or whip crosses in from deep or free kicks set pieces you know that can be that target man plan B and I do feel like did miss him. I mean, we say crew had injuries, but we know we've had our fair share of injuries this season and obviously picked up two more of Luca No and Paul Canabai. I think I read somewhere as well that crew had a few defensive injuries, which I'm, I can't obviously say who, as I didn't read too much into it. But yeah, I think what Lee said, we played them at the right time. Um, and even after we scored first, I went straight on Twitter and I saw a couple of their fans were saying this is what normally happens and then we'll bounce back and then obviously they did so but it was really end to end the whole match so it, anyone could have nicked it but I am glad at that moment in time that we stopped our rut and theirs and and got a draw in the end. Yeah, I've made you right, Sydney. That's I think that's the best thing for us. Well, a, a win would have been better, obviously, but yeah, to actually get a point on the board going away from home, crew as I said, we're the fourth best team on form in the league. Uh, and that was the thing. It was a, a positive performance. We we played well. We could have nicked three points and we've got to build on that now. So when we go to Doncaster on Tuesday uh, and we play uh, the scum next week, we really have to build on what we've we've built against crew because there's no point going out there playing well and then playing shit for the next two weeks, which yeah. with Wimbledon can but it can happen. It's inconsistency and that's that's why we are down the bottom in League One. I actually think, again, leading on to the points we've spoken about, I actually think we were unlucky to draw that game. I mean, it seems like the goal we conceded, I mean, coming back off the bar and straight into the path of the player, you know, you can't really script or can't really atone for that, can you? You know, it's just one of them kind of weird, fluky goals, in my opinion. Oh, I think we could have dealt with it beforehand. I think we could have stopped the cross. Uh, I know the cross hits the bar and it comes back out, but we were just frozen when that ball comes back out. There was no one thinking it is going to come off the bar and go. I don't I know what you're saying. It was a lucky goal, but then we nearly conceded before that as well when Walker makes a great save. He comes out for a punch, doesn't really make it. Uh, they moved the ball around really quickly and really well. And then he makes a save. And, and our defending is still a sh bit shocking. You know what I mean? We just look flat-footed at times. 
Uh, but yeah, I'm going to be positive this week and say it was a good good result and, and not be ne- like yeah last week was negative, but this week we are going to be positive. It's good. We got one all draw. Yeah, I want to touch base on on Walker because I feel like he's been getting a lot of criticism uh, lately and he made a couple of really decent saves and I'm not sure if that's the one that you're talking about, but it did look like his body was going in the opposite direction from the punch out for that goal. So I think he he also had a really good game as well. Yeah, I like Walker. It's a tough one for him. He's just come in and then we play Sunderland uh, who have three shots and score three goals. And then we get murdered by Portsmouth, which was an embarrassing result for Wimbledon. But Portsmouth are on fire as well. So they're not just scoring goals against us. They're scoring goals against everyone in this league. Uh, they look really good, Portsmouth. Uh, and yeah, he's come in. He's got to get used to our back four, which I don't. I keep saying it. I hate Boise being right. It really it's driving me mad. <laughs> but consistency is a key, especially when people say defensively we're struggling. We, we are going to struggle if we keep changing the back four or back three every game. So I think the only ever, ever present in that back three is soccer who, again, I thought he had a great game on Saturday and he's, he's, he's kind of commanding the team now. He's, you see him giving instructions. Uh, yeah, and I think having consistency at the back four might be key. I think we can, across the, the rest of the park, I think we can mix it up, but I think we need now solid three, solid four. I wouldn't play three, five, two, personally. I obviously knows I hate that formation. I'd, I'd play four, two, three, one. Uh, I don't know how you, you boy, I was just about to say you lads. <laughs> Sorry, Sydney. I, I do get called Sid lad, so that re- it doesn't matter. Don't worry. I'll take I'm no so attention. used to it now. Sorry. I'm going to get so many complaints now. Oh, <laughs> Honestly, but, don't. On my behalf, no one complain, please. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about the four. I know Boise's a 3-5-2 freaking lover. He loves it. Like He's he's going to go mad. But I yeah, 3-5-2, I'd, I'd go 4-2-3-1 now. You know what? It's not that I love three five two. It's just that I believe we've built a squad for three five two. I mean, we've now signed our seventh centre back due to injuries. Um, you know, we've got Johnson through the door, but I just think we've got a squad for three five two and trying to. You know, I know we could. We talked about you know play like there's some fans out there who talk about four four two, and I just think we it's just square pegs around holes. You know, trying to put Osu and Longman on the wing and whatnot personally. So. It's not that it's not that I'm a huge lover of three five two, but I just think it makes sense to get a settled settled team, settled formation, and the squad's built built for it. I mean, we did change to four four two in about the 60th minute. I think once um, Paul Kalambai went off injured, which I'll touch base on uh, later with my views on that. But yeah, I think it, it worked for us. I don't think we played any worse or any any better but I think actually the the last 20 minutes that's when I think Longman had his sprint up the the pitch basically on his own and then I'm not sure if that was the moment that he was unlucky unlucky when he went um and had a cross just wide but but yeah I think it, it worked well for us so but yeah I do agree with you I think our team is built around 3-5-2 so Probably I have with three five two is we've got what seven eight defenders now we've got seven eight midfielders, uh, we've only got really a few attacking options with regards to Longman, Pig, Chislet, Rudoni, especially in that midfield area we haven't got much flair with regards to midfield, uh, and I believe that Rudoni is playing really well but if something happens to Rudoni Chislet's got to come in and I don't know if Chislet will fill that hole, uh, and I'm not sure he's good enough to 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 be that player that Rodoni is at currently because Rodoni's been excellent. Him and Longman have been two of our best players up, up going forward. Uh, I just think 4-2-3-1 for me would mean that Longman could play 
in that kind of right-hand side of that three as well uh, and pig up front on his own. Uh, but yeah, I get your point, Boise, regarding three five two, uh, and we'll we'll touch on that later with regards to the signings that we made, we've made, and the signings that uh, we've lost. So, yeah, uh, any final word on the crew game? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we're going to touch base on uh, Dobson a bit later, maybe or next. But yeah, Boise, anything else to add? No, nothing else for me. I'm just happy that we stopped the rot, and it's something now to build on moving forwards. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And then hopefully next week we'll still be talking positive with regards to Doncaster game and the scum. But yeah, okay. So we'll move on. Thanks very much. So next we're going to move on to our transfer activity. And we signed Dobson, who came on against Crew at the weekend. We've just signed Donnell Johnson from Leicester, but he has played for Wigan 10 times this season. And we've lost Anthony Hartigan, who has gone on loan to Newport County. Uh, there's also strong rumours that we could be signing a permanent player, but no one knows what position that's going to be. So let's start with Dobson. Uh, I thought he, uh, he played really well on Saturday. How do you think he went? Uh, yeah, I think he came on and he looked calm. Uh on the ball when he had it. I think he was uh, had a cheeky little shot himself um, when he came on, which was obviously, I don't think there was enough power behind that, but there's not too much to say on him at the moment because even though he did make his debut after about the 60th minute, you, you've got to see more of a player like that. And um, I do feel a bit sorry for him because when he signed, I felt an, I read an article that um, said he just wanted to feel wanted. And uh, I think he was getting a lot of stick at the time from Sunderland fans. Um, so I think like we'll touch base on Hartigan leaving, um, but I think Dobson leaving Sunderland, I think he's left at the right time to probably gain a bit of confidence and get a bit more playing time. Um, what do you think, Boise? Yeah, I, I Sorry, boys, I'll just jump in. Sorry, because I've, I've got a point on Sydney's, what she just said there regarding Sunderland. Uh, I think he's been made a bit of a scapegoat up in Sunderland because I remember him playing against us for Walsall. He's, he's 23 years old. He was their captain uh, and he was their player of the year at Walsall. So obviously Sunderland, who are this big club, this one of the best clubs in the division, as they say, have seen something in him to sign him. Uh, they played him in an attacking midfielder role where he's supposed to be a defensive midfielder. So it's like us signing Longman and then putting him as a right back or left back. It's not going to work. So I, what I saw at Walsall of him, and I remember one game, we, you know, when we come back from being 2-0 down and we beat them 3-2 and everyone's going, was you at that game? You yeah, I was, at, I was at that game. I gave him so much stick because he came, it was quite close to the pitch, isn't it, at Walsall when you're up down by that, big and he was standing at a corner and I weren't giving him like awful stick like you fucking <laughs> stuff like all that I was giving him like if this is your fault Dobson Dobson you were tuning up and you're going down and it's going to be your fault mate you're their captain and he looked like he was going to cry and I just remember when we signed him I thought that's the geezer I literally just ripped to pieces for the last 10 minutes of the game but I when I saw him play I thought he was brilliant and I think he's going to bring an extra dimension into a team and this is why going back I thought 4-2-3-1 might suit us with a Dobson and a Woodyard in that area you're obsessed with this four two three one. Yeah. It's the four two three one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can, hey, you yeah. know, 
you know what? I don't know a lot about Dobson. I only read up what, you know, you, you know what it's like. You sometimes make a signing and you read what other fans are saying, you know, to reiterate your points, you know, I see him getting slagged off by the Sunderland fans and even some Wimbledon fans are disappointed. But um, it does frustrate me when that happens. It's like, give the lad a chance. Sometimes it doesn't always work out at one club and then they go to another one and they find their feet. I mean, I remember when we signed Lyle Taylor, there was fans, you know, berating him and look how that turned out. So like I said, Lee, you know, he was also player of the year. He was their captain as well. So I like the fact that we've signed another leader by the sounds of it. And, um, you know, if he gets a run, in, run of games under his belt in his right position, we, we might have unearthed a bit of a bit of a gem here. But um, what else I'm quite pleased to see as well is, you know, we're signing players from Leicester and Sunderland. So it seems like, you know, I think back in the day under Bassi and Nuardi, we'd have signed, you know, players from... Gillingham and local players, maybe Portsmouth. So it does look like this scouting network is a bit. Well, well like Joe Piggott. Yeah, well, he's on a, he's on our doorstep as well, though. You know what I mean? What I'm saying is, we seem to. <laughs> it seemed like Bassey went out in his taxi within a 25, 20 mile radius. <laughs> I just you you were giving him a bit of stick, and then there was Joe Piggott. Just the problem, Joe Piggott bites people on the ass because they go, "Oh, look at," and then he goes, "Shit, Joe Piggott coming." Uh, no, I, I, the, the funniest thing about Wimbledon fans is they go, "We need leaders." We need a leader. We sign a leader. Well, well, he's not a very good leader. <laughs> well, what do you want? <laughs> do you know what I mean? We're begging. Oh, we need we need someone at the back. We sign Ben Ennigan. Oh, it, but it's it's just Wimbledon fans. I think I think they just love to moan. If you go on the Facebook group, it's like I have to stay away from social media as much now because I I, I give players stick after they've had four or five weeks with us. Then I kind of you can kind. Of, I'm well known for giving players stick if I don't think they're pulling their weight. But I'm I'm with you boys. So with Dobson, I think. What I've seen of him is good. I'm willing to give him a chance. At, at, and as as you said, he's a leader and we need leaders at the moment in that midfield. I think the only thing that goes against Dobson is his age, isn't it? You know, he's 23 years old. And when people think of leaders, you know, they think that 32-year-old centre-back, Paul Robinson, Barry Fuller type, you know, I think that's, that's the only thing which goes against him in terms of like leadership. I think people want that old experience head at the back. But they come at a price, you know. Yeah, I get. I, sorry, Sydney. Let me just finish with the voice he said. It's I get, but modern football's moved on such such fast pace now. You look at the Premier League, like Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish is one of the best leaders I think in the Premiership at the moment for Villa, and that's why they're doing so well. He's just a young lad. He's going to make mistakes off the pitch that he has done, but these young players now they want to be the best players they can be, and I think he went up to Sunderland. They've obviously seen something. As I said, Sunderland are this big best club in the league. They should be like walking away with this league. So they saw something in him, just hasn't worked out. It happens sometimes. As you said with Lyle Taylor, he went to Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe fans couldn't wait to get rid of him. I bet they ruined that now. I bet they wish they had him when, you know what I mean? He scored loads. It works. It, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, we just hope it's going to work for us. Yeah, I mean, you, you, they say, or the fans say, they want a lead-up. And even though he is so young, you want someone who's been in a similar position. And as you touch base on, he's been at Warsaw when they were going through sort of similar to what we've been going through. So he understands that. And I think you, Lee, mentioned in your podcast last Thursday, that the pull of the new stadium is what made him come to AFC. Um, so I think we've we've you know, with our relegation budget and, you know, all of this stuff, you've, you've got to, you've got to get who you can get. And as you say, he was at Sunderland and we've signed someone else who's at Wigan and, you know, previously from Leicester. So I, I'm excited about him. I, I think he'll be good, but yeah, let's give him a, a little well, bit more time. 
My only way with the point you just said regarding to players that have been there and done it is a lot of them get relegated and then they get relegated again. It's the Herman Ryderson effect, I have, I call it, because we had Herman, we got relegated, he went to Charlton, they got relegated, he went to Ipswich, they got relegated. It looks like it's happening to uh, Ramsdale in the Premiership. He, <laughs> he, he went to Chesterfield, they got relegated. I know we stayed up last day, but he went for it with us. Now he's at Sheffield United. Uh, I just hope we, yeah, we're not getting weak mentality, but Dobson doesn't look like he's going to have that mentality, to be fair. so uh, You're I saying he could be a, a bit of a bock? I'm hoping not. It's just it happens, doesn't it? You, players go to teams and they've already been relegated with one and then they get they go to another team and they get relegated again. Uh, I just hope that ain't the case. But yeah, I, I think he's going to be solid for us. And uh, I think, yeah, you two have been spot on with him. Uh, so the next one is Darnell Johnson. I, I'm going to be honest here. I literally have no idea about the kid. He's a centre-back. Uh, he's big, strong and athletic uh, and a good defender. And that's what uh, Glyn said. Uh, reading the reports from Wigan fans, they've said that he can play out. He's good at playing out with the ball. Uh, but unfortunately, he's not good positioning and he's not very good aerially. Is that a word, aerially? He's not, his aerial <laughs> defence is not very good. Right? So that worries me because Will's aerial defence isn't very good. Uh, and nor's soccer, uh, nor's O'Neill, nor's Terrell. So we're struggling a bit there. And Heligan is, but he's injured. I think when you uh, you touch on the the aerially, uh, <laughs> the aerial defensive um, part of his game, I don't know about that, but he is built like a brick shit house. Yes. Um, so, and I think I think Will's been getting a lot of criticism at the moment, and I think when I look at our defense, I think no one's really like, come on, barge him out the way. Do you know what I mean? Try and win the ball, and I think he might be um our saving grace on that but when you say you don't know much about him I didn't know much about him and I looked him up and had a read on his his Wikipedia page and all of that jazz and um he was in the UEFA under 19s championship with Aaron Ramsdale, Nathan Trott, Mason Mount, Reese James uh, and they won that and he I think he scored four goals within that competition so yeah, that's one one of the points. Yeah, you're right there. I, I picked up on when I looked him up. I said I didn't know much about him. I knew he played for Wigan this year, but you're totally right. He's played for the England national team from under 16 up to under 20. He played four games in the under 20s and scored two goals. So if we've got Ben Hennigan, who's a threat up from corners, and uh, and, and now we've got this lad, it sounds good. It sounds like we're going to have a threat from both sides now. Uh, if we're playing our our three five two, if we're playing three at the back. With everyone fit, well, Kalambay is going to be out for a long time, so let's rule him out. With everyone fit, who who is that free? Who is our free at the back? Well, for me personally, I, I mean, it's hard to judge the new lad without seeing him, you know, but I think you go O'Neill, Tara Thomas and Shocker for me. Or I, then you can make a case of Hennigan as well. So probably actually, no, probably O'Neill, Hennigan and Shocker for me personally, if you're going for a back three. I'm looking. Sorry, I'm looking in total amazement at that choice. <laughs> Why? <laughs> One of your worst shouts ever. That, lucky I can't Why? agree on that. Why? I just think that's weak. I think Terrell Thomas is our, our weakest defender this year. Uh, unfortunately, he was brilliant last year, but it's just not on it this year. And I, I, again, he, he's going to take a couple weeks to come back, so maybe it was harsh throwing him in. 
Uh, I think it's, I don't think, I can't see O'Neill as a centre-back. I just can't see it. I just don't think he's a centre-back. I'm going with this new This new, new lad's come down to play. He's not come down to sit on the bench. I think we're going with Johnson, Hennigan and Soccer. I think that's going to be the three. If we play a four, I can see O'Neill, Hennigan, Darnell, Johnson and then Nesta Guinness-Walker. Sydney, what do you think? Yeah, your your three would be mine. My three, I would have said that before you. With everyone fit, you know, bear in mind. But yeah, that that would have been my three. Sid, don't agree with Lee. Do I mean you? <laughs> it's, it's his podcast, boys. Yeah, I've got to agree with him. <laughs> She'll be coming um, on again. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, I think you know what? I think Lynn likes playing O'Neill at that right centre, right centre back off the back three though, because he offers that overlapping crosses with you know a Shea or or a Shane, you know. Um, so I think I think Lynn does see him as first choice in my opinion. I get what you're saying, maybe defensively. He isn't a centre back, but I just think that Lynn likes that system with with that, you know, with that option there to have them deep crosses. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with what you mean because if you've got Shea on the right wing back, Shane as, again, he's got a decent ball in, he's got a decent pass on him, and then you've got O'Neill. Them three there are banging balls in left, right, and centre. Uh, my thing with Johnson is I. I He's 22 years old, so he's going to be quick. He's going to be athletic. He's going to be strong. It reminds me of what I used to look like when I was 22. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, Sydney said, like, he's a unit. It's the same as when I was 22 <laughs> years old and I used to play a bit of football myself. But, uh, yeah, I'm hope- I am I, I think soccer is probably one of our best centre-backs at the moment. Uh, and, again, uh, it's, it's another centre-back coming in. And as you said earlier, Boise, it's getting that regular formation that regular team coming in a uh, bit of consistency so that's why i think if johnson's coming in he's not coming in and sit on the bench and hennigan's our best center back i think by mile you know what i don't think we would have went into the transfer market for a center back if o'neill and paul kalambay didn't get injured i just think if you look at it, you got o'neill paul kalambay uh ben hennigan and tell thomas all well and there's no real dates when they're coming back and i think you know Again, what I've alluded to over the last few weeks, Glynn does like his 3-5-2. I think he wants to stick to it. And I think that's what's forced him into the market. I mean, I like the fact that this new lad, you know, he's played at Wigan, so he's played in this division and he's played in a system with a back three. So I think hopefully he can can come into a squad on Tuesday against Doncaster and slot right in. Yeah, I was just about to jump in and say the, the formation, I was looking at his previous games for Wigan. Uh, he's conceded a lot of goals, to be fair. But not him, obviously, but the, the team he was playing in. So he's used to conceding goals, which is good coming to us. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you're right with regards to Kalambayi and uh, Anil getting injured. It's forced their hand a little bit. And the fact that Johnson, they've gone out and looked at a player who can play 3-5-2 because that's the formation that he mainly played in at Wigan, is 3-5-2. So as you say, as much as I can't stand it, Glyn uh, and his fanboys seem to love it. So... <laughs> so yeah I think he's bought, been brought in for that for that purpose to be fair so and he, he looks like a big unit so yeah I mean he has only made I think it was only 10 appearances for Wigan so for me that's not really that much to go off on because you don't know what the circumstances would have been at Wigan and why he weren't playing more games I don't you know so um, yeah I think as you say he's coming here to play um, with some of our defensive uh, you know injuries or lack of at the moment then yeah he's probably coming in and he's going to slot right in and 
and then we in a couple more podcasts we can have a bit more uh, to say about him in a couple I, more podcasts Lee can have a rant about how terrible he is <laughs> <laughs> well I think I, I thought I don't know if this is true I'm just going by what I read earlier because uh, a Wigan fan and I think unfortunately he, he did maybe get injured we had to miss a few games, but then with the COVID situation, there's so many players who have had to self-isolate for a week or two here and there, and that, that could be the case. I've, I've not looked that far into it. I, I just, yeah, we just need to get a solid base now. And they say if once he builds up a, a partnership with someone, then he looked quite good. So hopefully he can build that partnership. I, I believe we need Hennigan back as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the shock of the window for me at the moment with regards to Wimbledon, and that's Anthony Hartigan. Uh, going to Newport on loan for the rest of the season. I say it was a shock for me is because I, I understand he he had COVID and he had it pretty bad and he was quite sick and he's lost quite a bit of weight. So he needs to get back to fitness. But during them, the time when we had about 15 games in about five days, he didn't miss a minute. So he was traveling to Barrow. We were playing Crawley. He was everywhere. Every, he did not miss a minute. And now he can't get back into the team to get fit. Uh, and it was a strange one that he left. I don't think anyone... I know with signing Dobson, we had to lose someone. I guessed, and a lot of other guests, were, that Oksana might be going back to Brentford. So you lose a loan, and then we've still got that loan. Maybe we can bring in someone else. But yeah, I did not see Anthony Hagen leaving in this transfer window. I don't know how you guys feel. No, I was quite surprised to see him go, from most of you. Like you said, after starting in five games in, what was it? It felt like 11 days or so, didn't it? Or maybe in a couple of weeks, you know, I thought he was maybe the first name on the team sheet. Or, you know, people made jokes about, you know, him being Glyn's son or whatever, <laughs> I remember reading about. But, yeah, I was surprised um, to see him go. Um, it's funny, isn't it, with Wimbledon fans? Because for so long, you know, I've seen him slag, slag him <laughs> off. And well, no, now he's gone, everyone's got it to see him go. You know, it's funny, it's funny how it's turned around. It's probably lucky Jamie is ill today because he, he's not the biggest fan of Anthony Hartigan. And uh, he'd have probably been uh, joyous at the moment. He'd probably dance. Well, he wouldn't be able to dance around his living room because he's stuck on the toilet. But uh, yeah, he's probably happy now, smiling away to himself uh, that he has gone. I, uh, I haven't been the biggest fan of Anthony Hartigan, but I think this season he's been really good, really solid. And I think I spoke to, to Boise on a one-to-one a -one level and I think he oh, mentioned on, that... Um, <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> and uh, I think he even mentioned that... Um, I think those five games that he did play, like or all the games that he played, I don't think we conceded as many as we have been recently so I think it was a massive shock that he went but I do think he needs to get and I'm not sure if this is going to come across harsh but I think he needs to get a bit more of a personality um <laughs> because he's a bit boring <laughs> I, know <exactly. laughs> I don't know if you agree but uh, he's a bit boring that's, yeah. probably why, that's probably why Jamie don't like him isn't it because they've both got the same personality <laughs> <laughs> We can see he ain't on, he ain't on. He's just going to have to listen to this now. So, No, I, I see where you're coming from, Sydney. like in terms of, you know, when he's in front of the camera, he does seem a bit shy and seems to be within himself. I don't I don't feel like with Hartigan, he's ever going to find that. I think he, he's just one of them quiet lads. You know, one of them kids at school who are just quiet, for even from like year three all the way through. Uh, I feel like that is the case of Hartigan. Um, but yeah, I think I think a lone move, you know, League Two, Newport, it's not a, it's not a bad club to go to. I think that pitch is a bit boggy, so I think he'll struggle to play good football on that. Um, but, you know, good luck good luck to him. I think, we, you know, we are over 
overcrowded with midfielders now with Dobson coming in. Like you said, everyone did expect maybe one to leave. So it probably makes sense for him to go out and get game time and sit on the bench every week. I also think it's a good move for him that he's going to a team that are, are winning games often. You know what I mean? They're up, they're up near the top of the league too. Uh, he'll he'll be able to play for it. The shame about the pitch there because he is our best passer of the ball, I believe. Uh, uh, maybe now we're going to go into a different direction of we're going to try and get that ball forward as quick as possible. Now, instead of passing through midfield, we're just going to get it and go forward and then try and support Pig or Palmer or whoever's up front and try and get there as quick as possible instead of trying to pass, pass, pass sideways backwards. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a good... As I said, I heard he, he had COVID pretty bad. He was quite sick. He lost a bit of weight and he needs to get fitness. Uh, if he ain't going to play games for us, and, and now we've brought Dobson in, it looks like further unlikely he's going to be playing often. So yeah, I think it's a good move for him at the moment. I think you made a good point there, Lee, that um, with, um, basically that now we've got Dobson through the door, I think we'll be playing sometimes away from home against the big, bigger clubs. We're going to be playing maybe three CDMs. So we might see Dobson, Woodyard and Riley whilst if Hartigan doesn't offer you that protection so much, you know, so I think maybe we might see away from home a bit more of a counter-attacking rather than playing it through the middle. I think we might go down the wings and, you know, go that, go that direction, personally, a bit more direct. You said that through gritted teeth, mate. You said, oh, Lee, you're right there. That, it's like <laughs> gritted teeth. There. But uh, I don't see this thing about Riley being a defensive midfielder. He scores goals for us. He, he, he gets forward. Gillingham, when he scored, he was right up in, in, in the box. I don't see him as a defensive midfielder. I see him more of a, a attacking midfielder. He gets forward. He, he's got a left peg on him and scores. His passing's good. I, I, I was quite shocked that he didn't play as many games. Again, he could be injured. We The club quite poor with the injuries that we do have and how long players are going to be out for. But yeah, I, I don't see him as a, a defensive midfielder. I see him more as an attacking midfielder with Woodyard and Dobson as our defensive midfielders. But we have to go on another podcast about this because I've been I've been quite disappointed with Woodyard, not being overly excited by what we were getting with him and what we've seen. But if he's got Dobson next to him and they're just getting the ball, giving it, I'll be quite happy. I'm quite surprised to see Jacko out of the team at the moment, to be honest with you. I thought he's been one of our best players or best midfielders, best passers up there with Hartigan, you know, and maybe that's why he's had to let Hartigan go because you can't really play both of them. Like I said, maybe Glenn wants that more, uh, you know, defensive solidarity um, in midfield, perhaps. I agree, yeah. And I I was quite surprised Oksana's been out of the team. And that's why I I guessed it was just a two plus two equals five that he'd be going back to Brentford. Because one, he weren't starting games. He weren't coming on. And then we brought in Dobson. And it was like, well... Why have we got Oksana here? I believe Oksana is one of our best players in the midfield. Uh, he's shown it at Brentford. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. I see him more as a defensive midfield and I could possibly see him, Woodyard and Dobson starting games as a free, free as the DMCs. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think Jacko has been really good for us this season. And, and mentioning what you said about Woodyard, I think he picks up a lot of yellow cards. Um, and that might not be that good for us but I don't know whether it's the the passion that we need maybe but I think he even mentioned it he went on one of these fan things uh, with a couple of the other uh, podcast people I think they do it and uh, yeah they touch base on the yellow cards and I think he's picking up a lot at the moment so yeah you're 100% right and a couple of my mates have bought out it's it's yellow cards for nothing though it's like it's like, oh, I've got to be passionate. I've got to show that I'm caring. I'll just take this geezer out. 
It's like, yeah. Yeah, cheers, mate. Now you're booked. You're on a second. Like you get another one, and you're off. Uh, and they are they are yellow cards for nothing. Uh, and Dobson came on Saturday and and was going into tackles and winning the ball fairly, but he didn't need to get booked. He didn't need to foul. He didn't just need to give aimless free kicks away. He showed passion uh, in, in the skill of playing football, and that's where I think Woodward, Woodyard lacks. But yeah, okay. I think we should wrap it up on that with regards to our signings. Uh, what, maybe one other thing is this permanent signing that. Glyn mentioned. Is there any rumours going around? Anyone know any rumours yet? Nothing for me. The only position I could imagine it's going to be is that fourth striker. I do think we're we are lacking it. Um, you know, with Palmer being out injured, you know, we just don't really have anything off the bench too much to change things. What? Robinson was on the bench on Saturday, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys not getting with Robinson it's going to be Robinson needs a loan unfortunately there's no loans available for him at the moment he's not going to go to a national league team uh, he needs a loan he does and then we yeah but unfortunately he can't get there but yeah I've not heard the only one I've still heard of is Calvin Andrew which fills a gap at defence and striker but yeah there's nothing coming through so if anyone has any rumours send them our way except for the uh, the dodgy ones on Twitter yeah, send them our way and we'll... Yeah, oh, I was going to jump in there, Lee. I was going to say, I did hear one rumour, and that's Omer Bogle, because Charlton apparently want to let him go, but I don't think we're going to fool him. No. I think it's going to be a permanent and it will involve a transfer fee. I thought maybe we might get him in on loan, but obviously we've used up our loan quota now and Glenn has said he don't want to bring six loans in just because it causes a headache. Yeah, I can only see it being a free agent. I can only see us signing a free agent because, as you said, we ain't got the money to sign a permanent striker with oh. a fee. Problem for me, if we're bringing a free agent, how fit are they going to be? You know, in January, you know, it's no pre-season. It's going to be another Ben Hennigan, Ollie Palmer breakdown, you know, after a few weeks because they're not got that match fitness, isn't it? That's what I worry about. I think I'll be gutted if we don't try and bring in a striker at least because all you need is Piggott getting injured and then where else can you see us really getting goals from unless it's like, you know, a fluke defensive goal or... Or whatever, and also another another point is he hasn't actually had COVID yet. Uh, so if he does catch that and he's out for you know fourteen days or whatever, then I think we'd be screwed. Let's not be wishing COVID on our, our top striker. Oh, of course this, not, of course not. But <laughs> worst case scenario, if no, that does happen, you are correct. Yeah, there's if COVID's around and it, it ain't going anywhere soon. So yeah, you're right there. With if if he does get COVID, he's out for what fourteen days, ten days. Could be missing two or three games. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we get another striker through the door because I, th- I think you're right with that. I think we do need a striker to come through uh, and, and come in. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we'll get one through the door shortly. But let's move on to next week's games, which is uh, the Scum and Doncaster on Tuesday. So let's break and come back in a second. <laughs> Right, so we're now going to discuss the game on Tuesday against Doncaster Rovers. And then following that, we are going to discuss the game against that club on Saturday. So Doncaster. Doncaster have lost one in the last six games. They sit second in the form table, played six, won five, lost only one. They have conceded goals, though. They've scored 10 and conceded five. Uh, But yes, and we sit at the moment bottom of the form table with that one draw my last six games and we've scored we've scored three and conceded 14 so what do we reckon against Doncaster I think personally we're gonna 
have to obviously you know play the old trusty three five two, which you love, Lee. But I think this is where we do need them three central defensive midfielders to you know just basically park the bus and try to nick a goal, you know, through through the wingers, through if it's Che or Shane or Nesta Guinness Walker, you know, I'd put Woodyard, I'd put Riley and Dobson in the middle, or maybe so probably drop Rudy. I know he's been one of our better performance, but I think away from home, I think against Doncaster, I think you know we're going to go there to basically nick a draw. You know, obviously you want to nick the win, but I think after drawing of Crew, I think we can get another draw against Doncaster and finish the week on a win against Franchise would be a good week. Um, I mean, Doncaster are, are going to be hard. Hard uh, is going to be a difficult fixture for us if they win their games in hand. They do go top of the league, but just having a look at their recent fixtures. I mean, they got stuffed by West Ham in the Cup 4-0. They beat Rochdale 1-0. Um, they recently lost to Shrewsbury 1-0. So, even though they're second in the form table, I don't think it's as scary or as, um, as bad as we think. I think, you know, we can we can build on Saturday's result, hopefully. Yeah, I think a draw is, a, is the hope. But, um, yeah, going off all the, the recent results that they've had, maybe it looks likely that we might nick a win and obviously the confidence in our squad might be a little bit higher after that crew game. Um, and who knows whether they're on Twitter looking at, you know, all the positive feedback from our fans. So they might be on a bit of a high uh, and we might be able to, to do it. Well, one good thing I do say is that you, you pointed it out there, Boise, is that they lost 4-0 to West Ham. They got absolutely ripped to pieces by West Ham on Saturday. And that would have been a tough game. That would have been a tough 90 minutes running around. Not much of the ball. Uh, and hopefully they're going to be tired before Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I think you're right with regards to their form. It, it, they, they, they've won games, but they, they have conceded goals. They're conceding a goal pretty much every game from what I'm looking at. Uh, so we've got goals in us. I think we need to go out there and just frustrate them. Uh, I think start of the season, you know, when we went up to Hull, I know, did we lose that game against Hull? I can't remember not much about football. Mm-hmm. When we went to Hull Way, uh, yeah. we frustrated yeah, we Hull. we lost 1-0, didn't we? 1-0, I think it yeah. was a close one, yeah. And we, we, I think we just got to go there, frustrate them, uh, don't concede early, and then see if we can hit them on the counter. But I disagree with your Rudy shot. I'd be playing Rudy because he's a little bastard. He keeps the ball well. He'll, he'll play off others. He'll play. He'll, he'll wind them up. And I think he's got he could nick a goal. And I, I think if you're playing pig up front, you need Rudy just behind him. Uh, I, sorry, one last point I was going to make is we miss a, a player like Dylan Connolly on games like this, though, where you can just get out with just pure pace or just bring someone. With, we haven't got pure pace on our bench at the moment. And that's what worries me in a game like that. No, I, I, do, I do agree with your point about Dylan Connolly. I did like the fact that he has an option on the bench and, you know, when you can really stretch the game or hit him on the counter-attack with that kind of pace. I don't have a problem with um, Rudy starting, but then I think Longman then drops out. I, d- I just wouldn't play Longman, Pigger, and Rudy. I'd play a bit more of a... I'd drop one of them three. Well, obviously, you're not going to drop Pigger. I'd drop one of the other two for a more defensive-minded midfielder. So I'd bring Jacko into the squad, for example. Could we not go with a 3 5 one, one though, with Longman maybe on in, in that kind of wing kind of side? Do you know what I mean? Of the three. Uh, so we're getting out and then Rudy and Pig up front. So you've got Longman, like as Sydney pointed out, against uh, Walsall, uh, against Crew. Sorry, I keep saying Walsall, against Crew on Saturday, where he made that run. He got us out of trouble and kind of, uh, you know what I mean? He does, he has that in his locker as well. And maybe you have to drop Longman on games like that uh, against Doncaster on Tuesday, where it's going to be tough to go. He's not going to get much of the ball. Uh, do we play him or do we play Pig or do we drop Pig? There are many decisions that we have to make against the team where we go and we are going to be defensive. <laughs> 
is Pig going to be offering us what we need? Or is it Longman who's going to be getting that ball and running at them and causing them issues? See, for me, I would start Pig. He's your top, he's your top scorer, he's your talisman. And on top of that, he can hold the ball up and bring others into play. I mean, I just don't see Rudy and Longman offer you that. So I think for me, I'd be dropping one of them for a more defensive midfielder. What do you think, Sydney? What would, what's your preference? Yeah, I think you can't drop Longman either because I think they are possibly in the the creation of a um, partnership at the moment. And I think if you disrupt that with the pace that we've recently seen from Longman as well, I think if he can run up and then Pigs can slot it home, I think that will be beneficial. I don't think you can drop and just have Pig up front on his own because for me, and I've, I've mentioned this to a few other people before, but obviously I haven't mentioned it yet. But for me, Pig just... Um, he just gives up too easily. And I think he needs to have someone else there with him. And I think if Longman can do that and they can get on the same wavelength, then I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I agree with that point about Pig. He, he frustrates me. Where was it? Sunderland at home. He was frustrating the hell out of me because any little decision he didn't get, his arms were up. He was he was frustrated. And, and it get, he's kind of, he reminds me a little bit like Lyle Taylor. When Lyle mm. Taylor didn't want to know, he, he just, that was it. He was at the game. Uh, I get your point, Boise, that Pig is our, our top goal scorer and he's got goals in him. But it's just, we're going up to Doncaster and we don't, realistically, we just don't want to lose. Do you know what I mean? We'd all take a draw now. If they said you could have a draw now, nil-nil, we'd take that every day of the week. I, I don't think we're going to get many opportunities and that's why I think maybe Pig has to start because if we gets one, he scores. I just think with Longman's pace and Rudy as well running at them, We've got to give them something to think about. We can't just defend for 90 minutes. We have to let them think about us. We also then have a game on Saturday that realistically, I'd take smashing them scumbags to bits and losing 3-0 to Doncaster on Tuesday. You know what? I always think we do better against the, the teams higher up the table. For example, we drew to all with Doncaster early in the season when we opened up Clow Lane. Pigger getting both our goals. And I do find, you know, the most frustrating thing as a Wimbledon fan, we seem to do all right against the teams at the top of the league or, you know, you pick up results which you don't expect and then you go, you want to build on it and then you play, for example, a Wigan and we go and lose and drop points. So I actually feel more confident about, you know, playing the teams higher up the table sometimes, maybe because there's nothing really to lose for us, you know, in terms of, you know, you're not expecting a result. So when you do get that nil-nil or draw or scrape a one-nil win or whatnot, it feels so much better. Yeah, no, I agree. And I just, I think we play better against the better teams because, again, they let us, they, we can defend them and we'll hit them on the break or, or they'll they'll leave gaps. Again, like we said earlier with regards to crew, they left gaps in behind them. So Shea and uh, Nesta could get in and, and put crosses into the box. My only worry with our, our team at the moment is our, our choices off the bench. Uh, they are a bit sparse. And I do worry if we go a goal behind how are we going to change it to then get back into that game? Especially against a team like Doncaster, who are got a decent outfit, to be fair. They've got Ocken Biriri up front, who's scoring goals for them. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but yeah, he, he looks decent. Uh, and, and that's my worry. If we concede, do we get back in against Doncaster? I think well, that's one of the benefits if you do play three defensive midfielders and you have a Rudy or a Longman on the bench that you know then you can change it up on the hour mark you know if you're one nil down or it's it's tight game nil nil you then have that attacking threat I think at the moment 
until we get that, you know, full striker through the door or Ollie Palmer can get himself match fit, we don't have a lot of options. You know, a lot of our subs are like for like, and it does frustrate the fans. One thing I would say against Crew, actually, going back to that game, it did, it did make me quite happy that uh, Glyn didn't leave his subs to the 82nd minute. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. When you play someone uh top of the table as well, you're you're then the underdog. So in a way, a lot of your fans are expecting you to lose anyway. So you've got nothing to to lose if you go out and actually try and give them something. But we have actually for the last few games had Chislet on the bench, which you could look at him as being someone to bring on. And he might not necessarily have the pace, but he has scored a couple of goals and he does look a bit like a threat. And him and Rudoni are quite close and train a lot together. So they might be on the same wavelength from that aspect. Yeah, I, I feel a bit bad for Chisley. I think he should have been starting a few more of our games. But I think it's just a form of Rudoni. Uh, yeah. The fact that he is, he's looking like the player that we all thought he would be. And I just love the fact he's a little bastard. Uh, he just looks like he's, he's like, yeah, he's a little bastard. I love that about him. Uh so let's have a prediction on score for Tuesday. What do we think? Because this is going to go out after we've we've played that game. So I think whoever whoever co- correctly does it, I don't know. It should be a forfeit or something. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it should be a bet on it or something. Like who's going to get predicted the correct score? Because we all know I'm going to win. So. <laughs> What's your prediction then? <laughs> Here she goes. Right, I reckon one all. I reckon a draw. Uh, I reckon it'll be a one all. We'll, we'll go one nil up, uh, and we'll concede in the last five minutes from a corner. Oh, mystic, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'd love a draw. I just have this gut feeling we're going to lose one nil or two one. I don't want to be negative, and you know it's a positive podcast this week. But I just have that gut feeling, you know. I'd love, I'd take a draw, I'd take a nil-nil or one-nil all day long, and then beat the franchise on the weekend. But I just, I don't know. I think, I think it's, it's, yeah. I think it's what maybe a bit too much to ask to beat an informed Doncaster team, perhaps. Can I I'm sit? gonna say two-one to us. <laughs> That's right. I She's think it's losing. gonna be one-all throughout a lot of the game a bit like crew and then maybe the last 15 minutes Piggott is gonna <laughs> bottom right corner oh that's that's good for us because we're, we're we've won that ain't we Boise against we're never winning against Doncaster <laughs> so right Let's now, see. now we have to move on to the scum on Saturday as I said earlier I'd take getting beat by Doncaster to beat them and I know it sounds bad it sounds petty and stuff like that but I just really want us to go into them uh, and just smash them all over the park uh, gutted that we can't be there quite happy also that they, they can't be there because they're scumbags in our new new stadium uh, but yeah I just want to just got to show up we just got to show a bit of fight a bit of grit because not being rude that, I hate set they're in a bit of form they're not doing too bad they've got a couple of good goal scorers now and we just, we, I can I can imagine, uh, it's my worst nightmare that they turn up and they beat us 3 or 4-0 at Plough Lane the first time we've met. It'd be embarrassing. And then I will be going mental on the next podcast, Boise. <laughs> I I agree. For, I'd, take a, I'd take a lose against Doncaster and a win against Franchise all day long. I mean, at the end of the day, three points is much more better, obviously, than 
one point in the two draws, for example. So a loss and a win, you know, is more beneficial long term. But I, I think the biggest point you made there, Lee, is just losing our first game at Plough Lane to them. You know, this is the first time we're playing at Plough Lane in our new stadium. I would be guided to to lose that one. So um, yeah, I think the only positive news for me is they lost Richard Keogh to Huddersfield in the transfer window. And I think, you know, there's no experience centre-half. He's got no experience in championship. Could be a good time to play him. Uh, yeah, I think this... Uh, I would have preferred this game to either be our first game of the season or much later into the season because I think at the moment with the predicament that we're in, if we do lose, I'll be mega, mega, mega annoyed. Um, but yeah, they have got some uh, players on form at the moment, and I think their last game they had one of their players have a hat trick. So I do not want that happening to us. So yeah, I agree with with Lee. I want them to come out all guns blazing. I don't care if there's a red card. <laughs> well, as long as we I, don't I lose the game from the red card. No. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> break legs, but win the game. That's our excuse. But <laughs> I, I want them to come out and literally give everything. See, they, they have Charlton are, uh, at home on Saturday. Then they have Sunderland twice in the EFL and home. So they've got some hard fixtures coming up as well. So they'll they'll. I don't I don't think they care who they've got. To be fair, and I don't think we need to care who we've got because that game on Saturday is going to be huge for both teams because they both want to win, and I, I just want us to smash the shit out of them. If I'm honest, like win four nil, break couple of legs. Just end end careers there. Sounds <laughs> bad. I'm gonna probably get so many complaints, but I just I can't stand them. I think um I think if we get a negative result against Doncaster, you know, it'll be you know we wouldn't have won in ten games. I think if anything, maybe that game against mm-hmm. franchise could be the turning point or the kickstart, you know, to to then come back, get back up the league. You know, at the moment we've just come out of the relegation zone by a point or. On goal difference and you know that's a Doncaster is a hard fixture but I think maybe you know playing playing them bunch up the roads could actually be be a good good thing you know if all the players come out you know all guns blazing they should know how much it means to the fans that game and that's you know a game which you know us fans do not want to lose and I'm sure Glenn will reiterate that point to to the players yeah I, I agree and Knowing our luck and knowing what Wimbledon do, we'll, we'll beat we'll beat Doncaster and then lose to them. <laughs> it's always the way, and we'd happily take it the other way around at the moment. Like, obviously, I'd like to win both games, but if I had a choice now, I'd, I'd love to just smash them. Uh, coming in, let's have some predictions again. I'm going to go with three-one us. They're going to go one-nil up half time, and then we're going to come back second half, uh, and our new striker is going to score. Of Calvin Andrews. Well, when it, when it, <laughs> I can see us either announcing a new signing before the game, after we've do, been done by Doncaster, or after the scum game to kind of get away from the result of that. But yeah, 3 1 us. I think we're going to win it 2 1, personally. I can't see us scoring three. I mean, I can't remember the last time we have scored three, but I think, yeah, I think we'll win it 2 1. I think it'll be one off for a long period of time and. Piggott will nick the winner for us because you know he's, he's the talisman. He, he knows what it means to us. Uh, I'm I'm going to predict a draw and anything better than that, I'm going to be ecstatic. <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to go in at a draw one one. 
It's normally it's normally Jamie who sits yeah, on the just, fence. I was just yeah, about no, to say. I'm gonna have to sit on the fence on this one because I, I just can't. Sydney's getting splinters. I can't splinters. go high or lower. <laughs> right, to be fair, you've predicted four points in the next two games. So I'd say that all day long. I've predicted what have I predicted? Three points. No, four points as well. To be fair. And Boise, what did you predict? Just just the three points. Just the three. Yeah, I mean, I'll take three or four points all day long. If you offered us three or four points right now, I mean, I know we don't want to lose, so you, you want it in a certain order to get the three points <laughs> in the franchise. But I think if we do get three points, you know, out, you know, in our next two games, I think that is positive. I think that is a positive to take. I think the game against franchise, you know, if we just don't want to lose it, do we? I mean, even a draw, we'd take, you know. I was just about to say, I think the game on Saturday is more about how we play and how we turn up uh, and, and how we perform more than the result. Because if we lose, say, 1-0, 2-1, or that they, they do win, as long as we're giving 100% and we're putting it in and we're showing that we want it and what it means. We, we hear all the time about, oh, the club's brilliant, the fans built it, blah, 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 all this stuff that gets sent out to us. The time for talking's done on the pitch on Saturday, get out there and actually show, yeah, we, we do care, you know? I think what puts a little bit of extra pressure on the game on Saturday is the fact that, you know, we're at the moment, as we're recording this, we're on 22 points, still on 28, so we can drag them back into this mm. relegation battle. You know, if they pull away and get on 31 and we're on 22, that's quite, quite you know, they've bought themselves quite a cushion between themselves and the bottom four, so we do want to pull them back into there whilst it's star. You know, the result isn't going to change the relegation battle in terms of dragging teams into it. You know, Doncaster ain't going to get sucked into that relegation battle whilst if the franchise might, you know. Yeah, yeah they won't get dragged into it, but I think because of the run of form that they're on as well or how high up the table they are, if we can get that win and then because we're not sort of on a similar level, but similar table level to, to scum, then if we can get a draw off of them, I'll be more than happy. Yeah, I just think we need to start bit like just building on Saturday's result and just keep building. Just one point at a time. Uh, I think we've got the squad now to get ourselves out of trouble. Uh, and it's been nice to actually talk positively about Wimbledon. Uh, and, and hopefully we don't have to go back next week to being negative after we've been beaten by Doncaster, Scum, uh, and, and Paul Calumbay's like done something stupid again. So and hopefully... And our new signings up for the season as well. Why don't you chuck that in there as well? <laughs> yeah, or Glenn tells the fans to fuck off or something. Like, <laughs> I mean, let's 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 keep it positive. So we found kind of hoping he does say you to fuck off, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one, mate. Jack, Jack Minton's done it before, so don't worry about that. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap it up there. So thanks very much uh, again, Boise, for joining us, uh, and Sydney. Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, thank you for having me. No Thanks, problem. guys. See you later. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.